Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Hi, welcome back. I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. And we are in a four-part series called Fight Like a Girl. But before we get started on that, I just want to remind our listeners that if you are stuck personally or professionally, Janae's coaching is designed to help you move forward towards all that you are created to be. And you can learn more at JanaeShatleyCamp.com. Well, thank you. And Amy and I also want to encourage you to remember that if this podcast is speaking to you, there are others out there who need the same encouragement. And we have a very fun way for you to help us get the word out. Right now, if you will go to Instagram and Facebook and follow our pages, then whichever one you prefer, share one of our posts and tag a friend you will be entered into a drawing for a giveaway between now and March 23rd. So this is going on while we're doing this Fight Like a Girl series. Winners will be announced on Fridays during the series. And we had one winner last week, so there's three more to go. Yeah, and it could be you. So let's go ahead and dive in. We've got a lot to talk about, but I'm really excited about today's podcast. Last week, when we launched Fight Like a Girl, it was amazing, and we covered our very first battle tactic, which was called the ask. In summary, our first step in the battle is to ask, not just anyone, which tends to be how most of us deal with battles, but instead we start with God. Ask for his provision. The blog launched this tactic out of Zechariah 10, so go and read it if you need to get caught up. Then we also talked about a woman in the Bible who had lived this tactic out, Esther. I'm not going to go into all the details here. Please go back and listen if you missed the episode. But Esther started her ask with God and ended in front of the king and a big ask with him. And it's quite the story. Then we interviewed Jennifer on our bonus episode. And I just, I mean, that's to me one of my favorite episodes we've done yet. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, if you did not hear it, go back and listen. Because Jennifer, she had to do battle for her family, her marriage, and it all began with prayer and asking God for help. So if you missed any of those podcasts, I just really recommend listening. So, Janae, what's this week's tactic? Well, we're going with A's again. So we had the ask, but this week's battle tactic is acceptance, which is not exactly a word you would normally associate with fighting. So let me read the verses from Zechariah chapter 10, verses 3, 5, and 7, and then we'll unpack this a bit. For the Lord of heaven's armies has arrived to look after Judah, his flock. He will make them strong and glorious, like a proud war horse in battle. They will be like mighty warriors in battle, trampling their enemies in the mud under their feet. Since the Lord is with them as they fight, they will overthrow even the enemy's horsemen. The people of Israel will become like mighty warriors, and their hearts will be made happy as if by wine. Their children, too, will see it and be glad. Their hearts will rejoice in the Lord. So part of battling our situation is facing the truth of our situation. Mm. So part of the truth as Christ followers is that part where we need to pull up our bootstraps and accept the fact that we are in a fight. It is a battle. We're 
in a fight, not against flesh and blood, but against the enemies in the spiritual realm. And we need to be prepared. So this verse, these verses talk about how God will make us a strong and glorious like a proud war horse, or there's a sense of confidence that comes, that will come. And he will make us like mighty warriors, Amy. We may not feel like it, <laughs> yeah. but he is making us into that. And so that is part of the truth that we need to accept that we are in a battle and that we need to, you know, armor up. So let's talk about this week's female character from the Bible and how she used the battle tactic of acceptance in her life. So who is it, Amy? I didn't know that I could be more excited about a character than last week's, but here we are, and I'm thrilled that we are talking about Ruth, another woman that has a book of the Bible named after her. She is an incredible woman in scripture, and here's a quick overview if you have never read the book of Ruth before. So the book of Ruth, especially at the beginning, is filled with hardship. There's this story of a Jewish family that had left the promised land and settled in Moab away from the Jewish people because of a famine. It's Naomi and her husband and her two sons. Well, her two sons married women from Moab, and Ruth is one of those women. Ruth was in a family that loved her and life was good. And then she and Naomi pretty much lost everything. The husband and both sons died. Naomi decided it was time for her to return to the Jewish people, and so she told Ruth and her other daughter-in-law, Orpha, to go back to their families, go back to their father's houses so they could be remarried and have an opportunity to have children, which would have been a very common and normal practice in that part of the world. Orpha, the sister-in-law, does that, but Ruth has clearly had an encounter with God, and the Spirit enabled her to make the hard decision to follow Naomi to this brand new world, completely unknown, with even potentially hurtful people looking at her like an outsider. And, you know, no prospects of marriage on the horizon. Naomi has no other sons, so Ruth is starting from scratch in a brand new place. But Ruth shows herself to be a godly woman who cares deeply about Naomi, even after Naomi is in this place of bitterness and brokenness. We see Ruth walk in an amazing acceptance of some very difficult realities that we want to break down further. Yeah, so let's look at a couple of those reality moments of truth. The first and most profound truth is when Ruth expresses from whom she is basing her truth. So let me read Ruth chapter 1, verses 14 through 18. I'm going to be reading from the NRSV. So the three widows have had this moment of decision where the mother-in-law is telling her two daughters-in-law to go back to their families of origin. Picking up with verse 14. Then they wept aloud again. Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me and more as well, even if death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said to her, no more. 
Ruth is making a decision of faith when she says, your God will be my God. And that decision to make Naomi's God, her God, is evident in verse 17 when she refers to God as Elohim or Lord, her Jehovah. Jehovah was the personal name that the Hebrews used for God. And in verse 17, Ruth uses this personal name. So she she switches from the name of God she was using earlier, and then she moves to this personal in the pledge that she makes to Jehovah that basically says, do not let anything come between her and her call that she is feeling and sensing to go with Naomi. So when it comes to a battle, the question is, who is your God? Mm. Who are you relying on? This is a truth that we will need to grapple with. Who or what truth is guiding us? That's a great question and something I think we should sit with. You know, when you look at the decision that Ruth made, I would say it's not the decision most people would have made in those circumstances. Her friends were probably telling her the same thing Naomi was saying at first. Go back to your father's house. Find another husband. But Ruth had already had an encounter with the one true God. So Naomi's God is the one that she chose to place her faith in. And she accepted that it would be a hard road, but the right one. In Ruth chapter 2, we see Naomi and Ruth arriving safely back in Bethlehem. And we see another truth that Ruth accepts and acknowledges. See, they needed to survive and they had nothing. And she was willing to take action rather than sit in the denial of their need for food and provision. So what does that look like for Ruth? Because she had no ability, no work options, no connections in this new place. And they were hungry. Well, she humbled herself to go and get the grain that is left by requirement of the Levitical law. And I just want to stop and acknowledge for a moment what an incredibly loving requirement this is. This came down from God, and it's for people who don't have other options, who did not belong. In Leviticus 23, 22, it says, When you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your field, and do not pick up what the harvesters drop, but leave it for the poor and the foreigners living among you, for I am the Lord your God. And I find that absolutely incredible. God was providing for them in ways they didn't even know. Naomi agrees with Ruth's plan and Ruth's honesty of the situation, And I think this is what puts her in a position for God to help provide another way. And God puts people in her path to show her kindness and provision. So the truth is, Ruth had to be willing to receive help and not be prideful, Mm -hmm. right? No, no, I've got this. No, thank you. I'm okay. And I don't know if you're raising your hand right now in your car or your bathroom, wherever you're listening to us, but I tend to be that person. I don't want to accept help, but I have to accept it. Yes, you know, it reminds me, you know, her somewhat independence seemed to maybe come to fruition when she made the decision to go with Naomi, right? So it might seem like a little bit of women's libish is coming in here where she could have said, I am woman, you know, hear me roar, I don't I've need got a man. This. Yeah, I've got this. We're, we're going to take care of ourselves, but that's not her attitude. No, and the field that she ended up in was was a family member of the of her new family and the owner was named Boaz and he is a godly man who is following the Levitical law but not only that he intentionally provided extra for her so God directs her to Boaz's field specifically 
Boaz is over here whispering to his worker saying, drop some extra wheat so that Ruth and Naomi have plenty. He says, come and sit with my workers and the women that work my field because you guys, as a widow and a foreigner in this land, she was at a real danger of rape, of being taken advantage of. But as she trusted God's leading, he placed her in a path to be a part of her provision. And I just want to remind us all, that's also our role as believers, not just to be the ones that accept when we're in need, but also when God is moving to bless, care for, protect, or provide for someone. He doesn't drop it out of the sky, (laughs) y'all. That's our role as believers is to be obedient and to step in and to help those people in need. And Boaz is a beautiful example of that. As Ruth is accepting, Boaz is giving. Yes. Very good. Good stuff. So let's look at one more acceptance of truth that we can pull from this story with Ruth. And it comes out of chapter 3. And we're going to see a shift in Naomi. So Naomi started out fairly bitter, right? And in a bad place, and rightfully so. But what honesty and accepting the truth about our situation can do is what we see happened with Naomi. It opened up her ability to see God at work, and her attitude began to change. Naomi developed a plan for Ruth to secure their future. So as Naomi leans into the accepting their situation, it empowered her to take action. So next we see Ruth taking the biggest risk ever when she goes in the middle of the night to the threshing floor where Boaz was sleeping along with the other workers. And she lays at the feet of Boaz and uncovers his feet. Now that is an actual... We don't have time to go into that, but there's some symbolism in there in a practice uh, during that time of what that would mean as far as him covering her later. But when Boaz woke up, Ruth made the proposition for Boaz to fulfill yet another Levitical law, and that was the one of the Redeemer, because he was part of their family and that he would then take Ruth to be his wife. Yeah, so she basically stepped out and had a marriage proposal to him. (laughs) Very, very risky, and uh, there were a lot of things at stake had they been seen and all those things, but God was protecting all of that, and there's so much more to that. So, yes, you must go back and read. But this was dangerous stuff, and fighting, um, you know, when we're in the middle of a battle, it's just not easy. But if we avoid and run away, that doesn't work either. And in verse 5 of Zechariah chapter 10, it says, Since the Lord is with them as they fight, they will overthrow even the enemy's horsemen. And what that is, is the enemy's horsemen would come in from the blind side, would come in from the, the side where you didn't see that one coming. But we have the promise that God is fighting along with us. What else do we need with that kind of confidence that the chief of the uh, Lord of Heaven's armies is right there by our side fighting with us? And Ruth experienced God fighting for her. Boaz ends up taking her as his wife, and this action provided for she and Naomi. So when you are in the middle of your battle, are you dealing with it honestly? Are you looking around with blinders on or are you looking around with your eyes wide open, acknowledging the truth of your situation? And I love that Amy said in our interview with Jennifer, 
you know, you're in the hard already. So you can either make things harder or you can lean into the truth and follow the path that God leads you on, which can be hard as well and usually is, but the outcome will be so much different. Acceptance is a powerful weapon. Man, it's really hard to draw this podcast to a close already um, because this is definitely not where the story of Ruth ends, even if we're done discussing her acceptance and the way that she moved with such beautiful faith. So there's a couple more nuggets I just have to say before we get uh, before we get off of this podcast. Again, go back and read the whole book of Ruth, but Boaz, right, the gentleman that comes in, the kinsman redeemer, Okay, what you guys may not know, if you haven't read it before, is his mom was Rahab, as in Rahab the prostitute who saved the spies, and when the walls of Jericho fell down, she was brought into the tribe with the Jewish people. And so I would just assume that knowing that his mom came from the outside, that he probably had a special view, a special heart for people who maybe were on the fringes. And then... Ruth and Boaz marry, and they have a son named Obed. Now, if you go to the very first chapter of Matthew and you don't skip it because it's all these, this person who had this person who had this person, if you look at the genealogy of Christ, Ruth and Boaz's son, Obed, is part of the lineage of King David and ultimately Jesus. So do you see how rich and beautiful this story is? Ruth leaving her land choosing to accept this next hard part, she's a part of Christ's immediate family. So please take the time to read and marvel about how God chose to build his family through the people who are willing to accept, walk in his ways, no matter where they were from. That's right. And our outcome when we make God our God and choose to follow him may not be as grandiose as Ruth's, but it will be grandiose for you in your story and what you need it most to be. Absolutely. So we hope you will join us next week as we continue the Fight Like a Girl series. And we'll have a new episode again on Monday and bonus episodes you don't want to miss. Don't forget about the giveaway when you tag and share because we still have three more opportunities to win. Now I'm going to read a quote over you from the line that was shared over Naomi and Ruth in the end of our story because this blessing also belongs to you, dear ones. Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer. Amen. The connecting doesn't have to stop here. We would love to have you join us at the God's Word Gives Hope blog to go deeper with the verse we discussed today. If you would like to learn more about life and leadership coaching with Janae, visit JanaeShatleyCamp.com. Finally, we would love a chance to talk with you more. Find us on Instagram or Facebook. All of these links are posted in the About Us on our podcast. Mm -hmm.